Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right. Good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer on WEI.com. Recapping the Patriots blowout win over the Jets 54 to 13 was never really a game. They jumped up to a 14 nothing lead. Never looked back. And it was uh, obviously their, their best game of the season. No question. And we were wrong. I, you know, we finished up with the question more likely a blowout win or a loss and, I think we both thought it would be a close game and you could end up losing. Um, that was never, uh, never a chance. Uh, from Jump Street, Josh McDaniels, I thought, had a great opening drive. They you know, utilized the trick play, get on the scoreboard. Um, I think it was Matthew Judon said, you know, we look up at the score. I think he called it the shot clock, but look up at the scoreboard and seven minutes in, we're up 14 nothing, and it just cruised from there. Um, we've been talking about this, uh, what it would get right, feel good game. Well, you finally had it. It also, I like to wait till the Monday night game is done before I start to look at the statistics. That's why I do the blog on Tuesday on our website, but this is going to, uh, make a lot of their numbers look a lot. When you go six for six in the red zone, when you have rushing touchdowns, 500 yards of all 54 points, like, right? Like everything They'd allow 13, like they went from fifth on defense to like 15th or 17th last week that's gonna flip around so yep. yeah. this is um in the 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 stats is gonna make them look good but more importantly uh there was two word combo that virtually everybody except maybe bill um used need that they needed that that game that performance that win home win um i think brandon bolden said everybody in pats nation needed that including us um, and this was coming on the heels of, of Judon, whatever day that was, Thursday or Friday, saying, you know, we need to change this or it could get ugly quick. Well, the opposite happened. It got pretty quick. Now, I don't know whether it's sustainable. I don't know whether it's a springboard and, you know, season altering turning point victory. But as I wrote in my column last night, 
everything they've been selling to us, this idea that they're better than their record and it's starting to come together is just more believable because seeing is believing. And we saw them kick ass, make plays, do what they were supposed to do. And I'm not even going to accept the it's the Jets and they stink. Well, because the Dolphins stink too. And the Jets stunk the first time and the Texans stink. And you didn't do it against other stinky teams and stinky opportunities. You kicked ass, you took names, and now we'll see if it means anything in like three weeks. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like it should not be discounted. Like, yes, there was the Jets, but you dominated them. And did we say this? Like, this is what the Patriot teams of old did. They dominated the Jets. Yep. They dominated all that. No one got on them then. Um, so I, you have to give them credit. Yeah, yes, you can have the asterisk it was the Jets, but you need to give them credit. Just like we didn't give them credit for Houston, we should give them credit for the Jets this time around. But to, to your column, how much do you believe it? Um, I'm starting to believe a little bit offensively, which is weird because is. we know going into the season, it was supposed to be a defense team, whatever. But because not only this game, there's a lot of trends, I think, that you can say Damian Harris reached the end zone twice. Uh, Hunter Henry scored for the fourth straight game. Mac Jones had a hundred passer rating and two touchdown passes for the third time in four weeks. Like there's an elongation of some of the results. And I think that's good. And even the offensive line yep. is, I mean, you can make what you want of it, but on when who's back at right tackle, he's settling in there. The offensive line has performed better, both as a run blocking unit and a pass protection unit. So I think that is snowballing, I guess, kind of like the word Judon used defensively I still have some questions I mean the Jets moved the ball to some degree now we don't know was it good or bad for the Jets that Zach Wilson left I mean if he was going to throw four picks maybe it's good that he left if he's going to be better make plays who knows but they moved the ball a little bit and I'm I'm glad Bill acknowledged when he was taking a victory lap for the run defense that when the game's 14 nothing in the first quarter like it gets out of hand on the scoreboard your run defense the job is made a lot easier by the score um, but just the injuries on defense, Dante Hightower didn't play Devin McCourty got knocked out, didn't return depth at corner. I mean, Miles Bryant goes from added to the roster to playing virtually every snap, like 90% right. of the snaps. Um, so offensively I'm starting to, and we, you know, that I like Mac. I think Mac is pretty good. Um, and I actually don't think Mac was great yesterday. Um, it's kind of, I don't know. I think that's been every every game for him it's not like unbelievable but when you look at the numbers it's like he was pretty good well and especially yesterday because i think if you see oh you're just watching the scroll oh patriots 54 mac jones must have had an unbelievable day like a to score 54 you think the quarterback went off not really i mean he was fine his first like, 300 he didn't really have any like memorable throws like nope and he missed some throws that yep. he could have made a couple times he had hunter henry that it, it there wasn't quite a connection there um, but he was good. I mean, I don't want to take away and say he wasn't good. He just wasn't otherworldly. As I said, usually the quarterback in these 50 plus point games has a, a career type day or whatever, a crazy number of touchdown passes. But I think offensively, you can talk yours. Even Kendrick Bourne is, is becoming a playmaker. Like you can't discount Kendrick Bourne and what he's done. And Jonu Smith, it's unfortunate that, you know, after Bill bitch slapped a reporter for questioning, maybe getting Jonu Smith involved, they threw Jonu Smith the ball virtually every play to start the game. Mac Jones' first seven attempts, five went to Jonu Smith. Right. And 
and then he gets hurt. You know, he has a shoulder injury. And more so that he doesn't return is concerning that they announced that he would not return, that he listed him as out. So that could be an issue. But offensively, you know, the other issue, here's where I balance the positive and the negative. Yep. Yeah. I just don't think it's sustainable to have Brandon Bolden as your passing back, like, and just expect him every week to catch the six passes that that James White would catch and turn it into a 15-yard touchdown. Like, it's, it was a great story. I like Brandon Bolden a lot. I just think there's a reason he's in year 10 or whatever. And this is one of the best games of his career. And he doesn't have a lot of like back-to-back games or like this. It's he's been a spot fill in over his career, which is why I, I still question the Ramondre Stevenson healthy scratch. Cause I think if you're going to um, build something, you should get, yeah, expand your backfield. I think he has a chance to become the passing back more so than JJ Taylor and more so even than Brandon Bolden, even though Bolden's been in that role the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I am. I do find the offense more believable right now, and that's good. That's a good thing. I do too. Just we talked going into the year, it was to be led by the running game and the offensive line, and that's really starting to come together. I think, you know, as long as Damon Harris stays healthy, he's one of the top 15 backs in the league. Is that fair to say? Um, I would say he's in that conversation. There's a lot of good backs in the league. No, like, and it depends on, you know, injuries and who you include, but yes, he's, he he runs very hard, finishes his runs. He's got some bursts. Like I, I just think he's a solid all around back that the Patriots haven't had in a while. And I think the confidence and, you know, coming off the fumble and the loss, I think the confidence is building a couple hundred yard games here, not putting the ball on the ground, finding the end zone. I think that'll continue and he may kind of get a bump of positive out of that. But yeah, I think he's a middle of the NFL, good starting running back, a thousand yard, 1200 yard, whatever the number is these days type running back. The other jump starting or the other big facet of the game that I thought was notable is no turnovers. First time all year, they didn't turn the ball over. I think that's something that they can build on too is like, that's, I think Bill said it this morning with the Greg Hill show, like that's one of the paths to winning not turning the ball over. So that was another good positive. And they took it away. And that's the perfect balance. If you want to have, you know, consistent victories is I think they had three takeaways, zero giveaways. You go plus three. Most games when you're plus three, I don't know what the numbers are. Some analytics dude can tell me, but I got to think it's like 95%. If you're plus three in the turnovers within a game, you're more often than not going to win the game. Okay. There is one thing I want to point out here. And we've talked about Mac and we've talked about the running game. We've talked about the touchdowns. Um, it sort of jumped into my head that uh, I know it's not freaky Friday. So we don't talk about Cam Newton that much anymore. Although Bill talked about Cam this morning, <laughs> accidentally while praising Mac Jones work, work ethic finished with, and Cam uh, just a slip of the tongue, same letters. He maybe he's a little hungover from his Budweiser. I don't know, but he said the wrong thing. Um, but this was those people that have still, and I forget who the idiots are like uh, Cam's better. Patriots would be better with Cam those little things that pop up every other week or so this was the anti-cam game because Mac Jones threw two touchdown passes for the third time in four games. He now has nine on the season more than Cam Newton had all of last year. And you saw that when you're on the goal line, running backs can also just punch it in for easy touchdowns. So the quarterback doesn't have to poach 12 touchdowns that could have gone to Damian Harris or JJ Taylor or Brandon Bolden or any 
run-of-the-mill running back. You could have taken Ramondre Stevenson as a second-half activation, put him on the field. He could have scored from the one-yard line. So this was, I thought, in a roundabout way, a response to cam defenders or cam promoters. Like, Patriots proved today that they have a pretty good system in place that doesn't need Cam Newton and wouldn't necessarily be better with Cam Newton. Yes. Uh, Defensively, like, I don't think they know what they are. It just And I know injuries played a lot of part in it, but they're just playing a lot of guys and moving guys around. And it just, once again, it's not like they're dictating how the game is played. They're kind of reacting to the opposition. And that's something that I thought wouldn't happen. I thought this defense would be attacking more and making more plays than, than they have. I would agree. I don't think they've they've taken it to the offense as much as we expected. I think some of that is the the area I thought would dictate that was was the uh, that combo front seven safeties yep. athletes unit, and I don't think they've been. First of all, they're banged up. For you know, Dante Hightower not out there. Jamie Collins doesn't play. I'm not I don't really, get that at all. I, I don't know. I mean, on, in one sense, he just got here. He's an older player. Is he a role player? Whatever. But then in the other sense, you're putting Harvey Longy out there. You're putting Starting Harvey Longy. Who's the other guy? Tavai. Tavai is out there. It's like Jamie Collins can't get out there because we've talked about he, he does it all. Like he's an edge guy. He's an off the line guy. So it's not like, oh, he's he's only an edge on the line linebacker. He can't possibly line up off. the line. Yes, he can. He's done it plenty of times. So I don't know if he's lost a step and he's not the same player or, or, or whatever. Um, but the, the consistency of those athletes and those, I don't know, Van Oy played more snaps than anybody. Mm-hmm. Did he really do anything? Like, I didn't notice him. I'll tell you, the, the two guys that I've now started to just, well, one guy's obvious. Matthew Judon is good. He's freaking good. Um, I think he played the second most snaps. I don't know how they record QB hits and crap at Gillette Stadium, but he literally knocked Zach Wilson out of the game, but didn't get a QB hit for it. I don't know how that works. He hit the QB. The QB left with trainers. There was physical contact. I don't know why he didn't get credit for that. Um, but also Christian Barmore is a consistent, um, I won't say force. I don't want to like over dramatize it, like, but he's just good. And you see him a lot and certainly moving forward. I think Giardi had it like five pressures and 25 rushes or something, uh, career high, season high. Um, He had a couple QB hits, a couple tackles. He was the most active of any defensive lineman. I think he played like 63% of the snaps. So Barmore, Judon, really good. JC Jackson is what he is. We've talked ad nauseum about him. Good, not great. Like he's not Gilmore, but got another pick even with the balls near him he's probably going to catch it um Duggar is coming on two picks in two weeks one um a deflected ball last week this week an overthrow where he made a really nice athletic you know off the turf oh, yeah. catch so Duggar's coming on in terms of more impactful because we talked about earlier well he leads the team in tackles but it's like you have trouble coming up with plays that he's made actual game-changing play so yes it's it's underwhelming from where I think we thought it was going to be. And I would say if, if McCourty's out for an extended period, I don't think he will be. I don't think he is. We talked, he was on the sideline with his helmet on and then had his helmet off. He didn't go to the locker room for the game. Like I think if if, it was a closer game, he would have been out there. Right. So that that's important because 
Um, all the players talk about yeah, it. The quarterback of the defense. Yeah, everything. Um, I think that would be a blow to not just because he's good, but just numbers wise and, and guys you want on the field. Um, the shine is kind of off Jalen Mills last week, gives up the game winner this week, a penalty missed tackle touchdown. Like he, inter, uh, the pass interfered, like the negative plays are starting to pick up over the last couple of weeks. But, um, and I said this to you, Rodney Harrison went off on a rant about Jalen Mills and it's why I'm not overly critical. He shouldn't be out there as an every down outside cornerback. It's not, it's not fair. It'd be like making David Andrews play, play tackle. Well, we need a left tackle and then ripping him for sucking at left. Well, I'm a center. So it's weird that I'm playing left tackle. Like, I think Jalen Mills is supposed to be more in the middle of the field. Most to be a versatile guy like that thing. Um, but no, they don't have a number two quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and, and they don't have bought. And then I really don't know exactly what they're doing with rotations. I was going to bring that up. It's, it's weird. They wrote, yeah. They had JC Jackson on the sideline for a while. Joe Juan Williams was in Jalen Mills. Was it like they're moving guys around? I don't really understand that unless it was just the lead and reps and getting guys playing together. I don't seeing something. Well, they treating. also did that um, against the jets. The last time coming out of the locker room, they benched yeah, I, Jackson for the first years and had Juwan Williams. I'm not sure exactly what to make of that. Um, but as we, another factor here, and we'll probably talk about this later in the week too, but um, as we come towards the trade deadline, Patriots are always active at the trade deadline, always, taking calls, making calls. The cornerback position would be one where you'd think they could, because they've worked out. Brian Three in the last week. Yeah, the got different guys. Didn't sign any of them. Would there be an opportunity there to add? I mean, you're not going to add a great player. I, no, but you can add like a solid veteran who could play be your number two, three quarter, especially if Jonathan Jones is going to be out for a while. Right. Uh, yeah, we should mention that with Jonathan Jones on IR, the depth is even more diminished. I just want, like, I'm not envisioning um, Aqib Tlaib the year they traded for Aqib Tlaib. I'm more envisioning, yeah, like somebody's fifth corner who's not getting much playing time is better than than what you have and will give you a little depth. Because the Sean Wade thing, I just, I don't know that you can count on Sean Wade to do much at this point. No, but that's also another, I don't want to say wasted trade, but like you gave a fifth for this guy. He hasn't stepped on the field for you yet. You're Sarah Durant. You gave up a sub, a, a late round pick. He's inactive again, healthy and active. So those are two, I don't know, just moves that didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, those are depth moves that aren't providing any depth, aren't providing any value uh, to the team. And obviously, the the elephant in the room is yeah, they need to uh, look for a cornerback at the trade deadline. Well, they already traded away a former Defensive Player of the Year. Who? Yeah, they'll be seeing him in two weeks in Carolina. I, He'll be in uniform for the Panthers soon. Um, whatever, forget about that. But yeah, I think the the cornerback position. We were we walked out last night with Mark Daniels from the the uh, Providence Journal. I forgot the corner he mentioned from Denver. That's been rumored uh, Harris, as like Kyle Harris. Harris. Yeah, I, whatever. That but the Denver has a corner that's not getting a lot of playing time that might be on the trade block. Not necessarily just to the Patriots. Chris Harris Jr. Chris Harris Jr. Okay, he's um, so adding. I mean, that's a decent name um but i think it would almost surprise me if they don't make a minor move somewhere and it could be draft pick it could be you know people have brought up the idea of Nikhil harry who one of the best blocking wide receivers in football now apparently plays unbelievable like 30 snaps and is really not an option in the passing game I'll yeah also i don't want to pile on but he, he was uh 
posted three pictures to Instagram last night of his one catch. Well, I don't know how I feel about that because on one side you say you're a former first round pick. You're supposed to be a star. Everybody is lamenting that the one thing the Patriots offense lacks is a number one receiver that would change everything. That's supposed to be you. The reason they lack it is because you stink. But then the other part of me is like, think of it if he is, if he's like your kid and like he, he makes a play and maybe it's his only one play, but like, why shouldn't he be excited? Why shouldn't he like, and, and we know that in this day and age, if you're excited, proud, whatever, the first thing you do is put it on social media for the world to see, like, why shouldn't he celebrate? He may not have many more. His career could be going down the crapper. That might be one of the last catches he makes in the national football league. Should he not? So I'm torn on this a little bit. Like, we hold the expectation and the arrival against him, but he isn't that. Right now, he's a, what is he, their fifth receiver? What, like, you you wouldn't, I guess my my point would be, like, if Gunner does that or um, do they have anybody on the press? Christian Wilkerson, if yeah. he did that, you wouldn't, like, you'd think nothing of it. He should be excited. Yeah, he made a post, those players are undrafted. Nikhil Harris is a first-round pick. But that's on you. That's over. He stinks. He's not worthy of where he got drafted. We need to move on from that. Like, that's just the reality. Like, I also think that he was so dumb to change to number one. I know. It just, like, puts, like, more of a spotlight for oh, people it does. like you. It does, because, like, we've talked about, he looks like a stud receiver. He's got the body. He's got the, the swag. You know like? He looks like when you go on Madden and create a player and, like, you give him a single-digit number, you give him, like, a visor, you give him, like, bulging muscles and the jersey fits and everything looks good except you gave him like an overall rating of 21 or something right. instead of like 99. Right. Um, but yeah, it is what it, I just don't know that you could, is, is any, would anybody trade for him even no. for nothing? Like, no. Uh, yeah. I don't really see that to me. It's more likely a defensive lineman, a, if they trade off, somebody. Yeah. Offensive lineman. I, I wouldn't do that with that unit. You got too many questions. Like, yeah, but if you don't like Kajust or Durant or like one of those guys. Hey, but like, what are you going to get for them? Same thing with Harry. Well, I'm just saying if you're swapping a guy for a guy, like a, a somebody's ninth off, you're trading your ninth offensive lineman for somebody's fifth corner or sixth corner or whatever. Yeah, I, uh, I could see. I would throw Joan Williams in that mix. Um, it's gotten to the point where Mike Reese is wondering if Joan Williams should even be sticking around or why he's here. Um, so if we've reached that point, I guess we have to throw him in the mix of he might not want to buy uh, green bananas, as they say, to, to keep in his apartment. If, um, if the Patriots add a player, we talked about cornerback. What are some other positions you could see? Uh, linebacker, I guess. I mean, just basing it on yesterday, if I watch Harvey Longy start and Tavai come in, there's an opportunity for somebody to play there. I, I mean, I don't know what Hightower's – but Hightower's a little older, so you got to – kind of assume he could especially when a guy has multiple injuries midway through the season and is inactive i don't know the if if and if jamie collins isn't i don't know uh, like the impact player you thought he was going to be yeah i mean if i mean if he's not the guy rubbing his belly after playing three plays and getting a sack in houston like maybe linebacker um running back could you add a running could you add a like a pass catching running back if he were available Max Burkhead me I wouldn't rule something like that out um do you see receiver or is it too late in the game I wouldn't rule it out 
if the right guy was available. Uh, I don't think he is. I mean, Chris Hogan retired. So just saying, you get Chris Hogan come out of retirement. Um, yeah, I would think defensive back would be the. That's the top. Yeah. Yeah, just adding some defense depth to the back end of the defense. Uh, so I guess looking forward to these next couple of weeks, like it's a big week, big next stretch. Like, uh, Chargers on the road uh, at Carolina, and then the Browns at home. Chargers and Browns are right in front of you in the standings. I know it's only week seven, but you got to start looking at the playoff picture. Like that's a real thing. We're, we're not early in the year anymore. We're close to the midway point. Yep, that's um, true. So do you see them being able to carry this the next couple of weeks, or do you think this is just a one-game thing because you played the Jets? Your gut instinct right now. My gut tells me it's more of a one-week thing. Um, but I don't rule it out. I do not rule it out. I, I will not rule it out. Um, as I said, I think offensively, there's definitive reason for hope. There's more developing consistency there over an extended period, even if it wasn't always in victory. Defensively, between the health issues and the consistent inability to make the key plays or the plays you need, I still have some doubts there. Um, for like, so we've talked about like that, that number last week that was sort of um, eye opening or alarming was you have to go eight and three in your final 11 to get to double digit wins. Yep. Well, you got one of them. So you're, you, you gotta go. You had the one you like actually like we're supposed to get. <laughs> there's another one the Jaguars are on there so you're going to get another one so let's give them the Jaguars let's give them that victory so now let's say you have your four and four you have nine games to go can they go six and three in those other nine games it you know Fourier talked a lot about this um during the course of the week that football players can be I forgot how he worded it like not simple-minded but like they can get overwhelmed if you like look too far out and they're more like chunks of weeks or a month. I think he picked five games and said they needed to go four and one mm. in the next five. So they need to go three and one in their next four. They, they got one out of the way. Again, it's a little bit more believable. I'm not saying it's easy, but well, and you- also we talked about this before we went on the AFC is not great. Like the, the chiefs are as good as they were. The bills had, a, they lost the Titans. Like there's not a dominant team. And maybe those two games against the Bills, maybe you can steal one. I don't, I'm not saying you will. Maybe you steal one. Maybe the you catch the Browns at the right time. Like, they're, it's not as daunting as it looked maybe two weeks ago. Right. And, but as Bill always says, it's not just about you. I think we can all agree the Patriots are better. How much better and how much better or how much are the Chargers or the Titans or the Bills hitting their midseason form and finding out what they do well. You know, everything we've talked about the Patriots with, they those teams did it with more success early. They found out who they were, what we're good at, work through this, work through that. Like a team like the Browns looks like one that could, with quarterback issues, fall back to the pack or maybe yep. underachieve. But the Colts are going the other way. They're winning. I mean – I don't really know how I watched that game last night. Everybody tells me that Carson Wentz doesn't turn the ball over anymore. There was a stretch there. I swear he was hitting the other team in the hands, the chest or the face mask with every single ball he threw. He did his best to set records in terms of turnovers. And I know it was a disaster, by the way. Uh, Yes. uh, Yes. Um, But I just, 
you got to figure out who, the door is a jar for two reasons. They got to blow out win. They feel good about themselves. And they're really, they have the same record as the chiefs. They, they, they're only a game back of, of the playoffs, basically. Like they're, they're in the mix, regardless of how we feel about the, like, I think if they win next week, there's a good possibility they would be in the playoffs if the if the season ended after next week. To which I say to you, it'd be an awful short season. Well, hey, just pointing out facts. They don't um, have the number seven overall pick to now being in the playoffs. Right. And they go from the, you know, 24th ranked offense, score 50 points, put up 500 yards, and are going to have like a top 10 offense. It, it's a week-to-week league. And that's one of my favorite quotes last night. It's like such a cliche. But the Damian Harris, like, we need to just go 1-0 and every week. That's our mentality. And I think that's a little bit of the Fourier thing. Don't think about, oh, we need to go 8-3 and three in the next 11. Right. No, we have to go 1-0 and every week. And if we do that often enough with a, with a decent amount of frequency, you'll give yourself a chance to be in the mid. I still think it's, it's a long road because you still have a rookie quarterback. As much as we like him, there could be the four pick game. There could be. I was going to say, I don't want to say he's due, but as a rookie quarterback, he's kind of due for that stinker. He's due for a stinker. He's also, I said to you, Trey Lance is hurt. Zach Wilson is hurt. It's not weird for rookie quarterbacks to get hurt. They get hit. They take hits. They shouldn't. They do things they shouldn't. Um, Brandon Bolden hangs him out to dry on a trick play or something like that. He gets lit up. You never know. So yeah. Am I, cautiously optimistic can i go with cautiously optimistic let's let's go with cautiously optimistic but i think it's going to be really fun that would be my takeaway the afc is going to be fun there's going to be a lot of meaningful games in november involving you too what's that involving like the patriots too it's not like they're going to be you know playing spoiler you'll be involved right And, and that's i mean that's one of the things you did you 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 getting close to 500 you're you're kind trying to extend the season like coaches say extend the game give yourself a chance you're extending the season to give yourself a chance but with everything going on and all the other teams ups and downs and I said to you the best example might be the Titans who lose to the Jets and then a couple weeks later are embarrassing Mahomes and the Chiefs it's like or just being the Bills of Monday Night Football right it, like yeah. how good are they how bad are they like do I think they're as good as the last two no do I think they're as bad as losing to the Jets no just like I don't think the Patriots are as good as they did to the Jets, but probably aren't as bad as what they did in Houston, like losing to the Dolphins. Yeah, the, the AFC is going to be really, really interesting. And you're right. The Patriots are probably going to be very much in the center of that to some degree. All right. So we'll have a, a lot of Justin Herbert talk this week, but there'll be a lot of comparisons to Mac Jones just just because high picks like playing solid early on in their careers. I expect a lot of that. Bill obviously loves Justin Herbert Heard him on the, uh, this morning. Yeah, what did he say? Um, he said a lot of things. Got to be good but, for a long time in this league. But as good the guy as come out quarterback like that, yeah. to come out that I've – Quite a while, yep. Like something like that, which, I mean, high praise. I mean, it's obvious. Like anybody who's watched – I've told you this, I think, on previous podcasts. I've gotten a little – I think the hype train with Herbert has gotten a little ahead of its – out over its skis. Yep. But he's good. He's really oh, yeah. good. And, <laughs> like, if I'm Belichick, this is a scary game because – Herbert and those weapons against your pass defense that's banged up, questionable, um, not just banged up and questionable physically, but let's just say McCourty doesn't play and Hightower doesn't play. Like even in terms of communication and adjustments mm-hmm. and going against an offense that's going to try to stress you in a variety of ways, 
your brain power could be limited as much as your manpower. Yep. All right. So this should be a good week with a good game on tap. Like there'll be a, it's not Jets week. It'll be stuff to break down. There should be more buzz. Oh, wait, oh. wait, one, one more. Sure. Um, I take back all the good stuff I said about the home crowd and Gillette Stadium and Patriot Nation. Oh, Bunch okay. of effing frauds. Foxborough faithful, my ass. The last two weeks, you sold your tickets to the Cowboys for the week before. Half the stadium was freaking Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott jersey. Uh, oh, yeah, and Coop chants. And this week, some people called it a late arriving crowd. I think some people just never arrived. I don't think yeah. it was a – it either wasn't a sellout. It certainly wasn't a, a full house. Nope. Plenty of seats in the upper deck in the 300 level. Plenty of the red seats, although that's always tough to judge because they might just be inside hobnobbing. And it was nice out, though, game. so I wouldn't use that as an excuse. But I'm not a big fan of uh, what the crowd has done the last couple of weeks at Gillette Stadium. I would agree with that. All right, so we'll be back later in the week with the preview podcast. Should be lots to discuss. Maybe some trade rumors, trade deadline week away, so keep an eye on that. Odell Beckham? Uh, no. Maybe like Chris Harris. Sorry. Would you trade for Odell Beckham? Why? Because he's a loose cannon. Yeah, but he's good. You think Mac Jones needs that? Like, try to deal with him? I don't think – well, I think he needs that in terms of a number one receiver. Oh, yeah, but in terms of off-the-field stuff? Yeah, but sometimes you got you to gotta get a whack job, and sometimes whack jobs with a change of scenery aren't whack jobs. Randy Moss, whack job. Uh, Stefan Diggs, whack job. Uh, Antonio Brown, bad example because he's been a whack job multiple places. I don't know whether he's whack job or not whack job at this well, point. We've got Tom Brady now to keep him in line. Maybe you'll have Mac Jones to keep uh, Odell in line. Some who some better people. to who better to 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 get a LSU wide receiver in line than an Alabama quarterback, baby? Yeah, there you go. Keep keep an eye on that. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later. Peace out. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.